Welcome to We're Out There, a podcast about the uncanny, unconventional, and irreverent facets of life on this planet and yours. With Neil Tredre, Kyle Lee, and me, Eric Newman. Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, yet another episode of We're Out There, a podcast about the uncanny, unconventional, and irreverent facets of life, both on this planet and on yours. With me, of course, is Kyle Lee. Hi, Kyle. How you doing? How are you doing? Good afternoon. Good evening. Good, good evening. Yes, good evening. Tonight's a very special episode, and for that very special episode, we have terrestrial broadcaster Neil Tredre. Hi. How you doing? Good. Hey, Welcome. Thanks. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a, it's an honor to be our our pleasure be here you're for a, this episode. Yeah, you're you're officially a friend of the show. So all right, yeah, we'll send the, you the, your. Go ahead. We'll send you your edible arrangement shortly. Sweet, I love those. I was the last white guy in North America without a podcast, so it's nice to finally be. <laughs> oh yeah, you know you gotta. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Everybody, every white guy needs one. Um, but we're not here to talk about. White guys on Earth, we're actually here to talk about white guys in space. No, but seriously, the Pentagon UFO report came out on Friday, and so now it's Monday, we got to do a show about it. Um, have you guys read it? You're taking a look at it? Yes, I looked at it uh, Sunday. Okay. How about and you, I, Kyle? I've studied it extensively. That's fantastic, because even if you haven't read it, you don't need to. We're going to do it. We're going to explain Everything that you need to hear about the Pentagon's report right here tonight, just for you, whoever is listening to the show. Um, first thing is that it's made in Microsoft Word. Now, Kyle, uh, Microsoft Word, what does that say about the existence of UFOs? Uh, no. Uh, okay. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. You don't want to say, yeah, because, you know, if they, if they made it, if it was, like, typed with a typewriter... And then the type, you know, the typeface, the typewriter face with the redactions and stuff, it would look oh, more classic. official. This looks like I could have written this report. Well, you know? they could have at I least mean, switched it to courier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Make it look more authentic than just yeah. Ariel in Times New Roman. Well, you know, the only font that uh, extraterrestrial craft receive is wingdings. <laughs> Anyway, so um, before, so a couple shows ago, we talked about we 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 teased this report. It did come out on Friday, and we made a couple of predictions about what we thought would be in it. And what what are those, Kyle? Do you remember what you said a couple shows ago? If I'd actually produced this properly, I would have played the tape. But we don't use tape, and I didn't cut any audio. So, you remember I, what you said? I think I said that it wasn't going to tell us much, and we were going to be unsatisfied ultimately. Um, and I think most people are. Um, yeah, it's not I, a, uh, it's not a bombshell that anyone was looking for, and it's really not any more information than a keen observer would have gotten already just by seeing the leaks and hearing what uh, Alessandro has to say. And yeah, um, that's that's right. Yeah. Well, that's the show. So thank you for listening, and we'll <laughs> see you. No, um, there is more, but just remember, so there's there's two things to really note right at the top of this. That one. It's an unclassified document. It's not a declassified document. So I remember saying something like, you know, I, I'm, I'm expecting either nothing or a giant page full, filled with redactions. But we didn't really get either of those because we got something, but it's unclassified. So there's nothing really to redact because it was written for civilians like us. Um, the other thing is that it is, uh, it doesn't really, it, as, like you said, Kyle, it doesn't really say too much outside of 
it validates things that people were already thinking. It validates, you know, the, the Air Force pilots and the Navy pilots that were on 60 Minutes. A lot of the other people that are in various parts of the Department of the, the Defense Sector, the, the military, validates a lot of what they were saying. Uh, but at the same time, it leaves just enough doubt to, uh, to just, you know, say... Could it be Russian or Chinese technology? I don't see why not. But in fact, we would know if it was Russian or Chinese technology, um, because it sounds like, and, and this is coming from... So I read the report, I read a couple of, a few news stories that kind of haloed around the report, and... Uh, one of one of the Halo articles, I'm trying to pull this up, uh, talked about. Uh, ooh, this was the wrong clip. I'm sorry. Uh, it talked it talked about how China has well documented issues with basic jet engines. They rely on espionage to develop their most advanced weapon systems. So it's odd that China could have developed this because they don't. It doesn't. Like, while it seems like they are technologically savvy, that savvy seems to come from then them copying what we're doing, what other developed nations have done. Similarly with Russia, their defense budget's a fraction of that of ours, so they wouldn't really have the money to go develop things that could break the laws of physics. Unless, of course, you know, they were visited by aliens. But I, I mean, I think you're underestimating the capabilities of of our adversaries in the world. Um, they're, we're not the only ones that know how to fund technology and know how to do research. Know how to no, do but testing. the arguments the arguments are that the Chinese military already has well-documented issues with basic jet engines. So making a gimbal craft that flies against air resistance and makes maneuvers that are impossible for basic, for even advanced jet engines and jet airplanes to do, uh, doesn't sound like they're doing that. Uh, and we developed, maybe, we, we developed uh, aerospace of vehicles in the last 50 years that no one in the world knew was happening. They didn't know that we were working on them until they were flying we over don't their have, airspace. We don't have problems keeping planes no, in what, the what air. I'm, what I'm That's trying my to say point. Is, is, what I'm trying to say is, is you, can't, you, you can't underestimate the capability of a skunk works project with a country that has the resources of China and the resources of Russia. They have uh, sources of funding that we don't have that were that that's, that are unclear let's say they have a lot of a very huge vested interest in controlling uh their portions of the world um with natural resources and 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 really just defensive geography so these are these are countries that despite what we may see they may have the capability and the funding to build something that we're completely unaware of, and that we've That's never seen possible, before. That's possible, but it's very, very unlikely. Neil, what do you think? Well, do you think, yeah. uh, I'll ask you the same question. Could sure. it be Russian or Chinese technology? Could it be? Uh, I would have to agree, I think, with the assessment that if they're having these documented, uh, uh, you know, problems with conventional jet engines, the budget's not there, as far as we know, at least. I guess there's always the possibility of black projects. Um, but if that's if that's the case, and it seems like it is, uh, I I would have a difficult time buying into the fact that they are, you know, uh, foreign sure. adversary craft. Um, well, I'll say with with all that said, the report was pretty clear that it doesn't believe that this technology is from. One of no, and, but, and, but well, the, yeah. like I said, they they left just enough weasel words in there. They left just enough 
uh, the ability for you to ask that stupid question from 60 Minutes over and over again, that's still there. We don't know. That's why there is a lot of articles that are saying what the UAP, the Pentagon's UAP report means for national security. It's terrible. You know what I'm saying? Like that's it's I mean, yes, it's it's bad for national security if we get invaded by aliens. But they're trying to they're using that line of reasoning of, well, you don't know. You don't know that, you know, I mean, the Nazis had flying saucers, yes, but the Nazis also had an insane budget. They also were proven in, in advancing the fields of physics and advancing aircraft and the idea of travel like that. China doesn't seem to be doing that. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I, would love to, I would love to have been a fly on the wall in the, uh, the closed-door classified briefing to Congress. That would have been an uh, interesting, yes, interesting and observation. What I don't know, apparently there is a classified appendix to this document, to this, and, and this is a pre- preliminary assessment. So maybe there's more coming, who knows. But uh, there was a, apparently a classified a- appendix to this report, and it apparently, it's not like I have a clearance or anything, didn't contain anything of note. Oh. So it's not like they said, oh man, you know, we told them, we told them that it didn't have anything, but actually... We, it's, you know, we go, China, you know, it wasn't, it didn't do that. So, um, by the way. I got the impression from reading it that the whole point was just, you know, we don't know. You know, that, that was the point was we don't know if it's foreign. We don't know if it's the other bin that they make a couple of references to in the report. Um, you know, the idea was we can only identify one of these as a deflating balloon, um, so we don't know. And there's also that line in there, and I don't want to jump ahead too far, but about uh, we need more time and money to research this. Well, of course. I mean, if, look, if there's anything that comes out of a government report, it has to include either we, we, we don't know and we need more time and money to fix it, to find out. So give us more money. And we used all the budget for this year. So, yeah, we need more money. And By the, the way, when's the PS6 coming out? Jump in there and say, let's get some more money for us, too, because the Russians and Chinese have... You know, uh, craft that defy the laws of physics. Uh, they'll right. Jump well, you on know, the well. thing is, is I don't think the Pentagon has to ask for money. They haven't been audited <laughs> this century and probably last century either. So, um, but yeah, let's let's dive into the report now that we've talked around it. Uh, by the way, the full report, all ten pages of it, will be available at we'reoutthere.net/slash/ufo-report. All one word. Is that that sounds like a good. URL, right? We could make it slash report, but if you like UFO report, you know. Yeah, because there might uh, be a Bigfoot report or something uh, down the road. Exactly. You know, you could do a, yeah, we could do a report on the food that Kyle eats right before the show. Anyway, so now let's go right into the report. Uh, it, in addition to being rather brief, it, it had this tone of just like, we're only doing this because you asked us, not because we're trying to relate any real information to it. It sound, it feels like they were, I don't know, like a little kid protesting with their parents, saying their parents, of course, are the Senate. In Senate Report 116-233, accompanying the Intelligence Authorization Act for fiscal year 21, blah, 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 says that this report has to include, one, a detailed analysis of UAP, which we said last time was unidentified aerial phenomena, Data and intelligence reporting collected or held by the Office of Naval Intelligence, including a data, and intel- data and intelligence reporting held by the UAP Task Force. Detailed analysis of unidentified phenomena data collected by geospatial signals, human intelligence, measurement, and signatures intelligence. Very interesting. Signatures intelligence. I haven't heard of that before. 
and various other detailed descriptions of what's happened, a detailed description of an interagency process for ensuring timely data collection. And in fact, I think that's the best thing that's come out of this, to be honest, is the fact that while this report doesn't really say much, they, they, they talked about creating, we'll get there in a second, they talked about creating an interagency way of what do we do about this in the future. Just a group text. Exactly. Yeah. A group text that also copies the Library of Congress since that's... Well, actually, no. It, I, never mind. Um, identification of any asset, uh, incidents or patterns that indicated a potential adversary, adversary uh, that have achieved, achieved breakthrough aerospace capabilities that could put the U.S. strategic conventional forces at risk and recommendations on what to do. So, with that, here's a couple disclaimers. One of the disclaimers is that it was really hard to get the data, how few it was, it was hard for them to actually collect it, especially because when aviators, other pilots, or other people that work for different parts of the military, when they started talking about what they saw, they were usually laughed out of the room, which is, you know, that's yeah, something that... It, it was a... It, it was not in your best interest to report these things. It wasn't, in, it wasn't in your best interest to talk about these. And when people did talk about them, it was in hushed tones and not in front of your superiors. This was... Coming out and saying, I've seen a UFO at, in the last few years in the military has been a, a no-no because you don't I mean, the last few lose, decades in the military. Well, you don't want to lose your wings. You don't want to lose your certification for right. your, uh, your, your, your security clearance. You don't want to lose any of that stuff by someone calling you nuts. And, exactly. Um, you know, my uncle is retired Air Force, and I talked to him about this report, and he laughed at me and then hung up the phone. So you're right, <laughs> you know? Oh, they don't have. They don't know anything, Eric. Come on, bye. Like that's. But th think about think about the fact that this is the information they were able to to gather. These are the instances that they were able to verify, um, and not not to give us any. Well, insight no, I mean they weren't it. really able to verify a lot of it. They were just able to kind of well, anecdotally no, they, they aggregate they verified them. that it was that it was authentic footage uh, because it was from the flare cameras and it was from their. Uh, their equipment, from naval equipment, from Air Force equipment. Uh, so they were able to confirm that these were real images. They just weren't able to tell us what they were. The thing that I would be interested in is how many of those encounters have been deleted or lost to time? Well, that's, a, a, that's, soldier, a, that's a really good question. Yeah, a soldier maybe didn't want to be on that list. They didn't want to be that... Uh, you know, they yeah. didn't want to risk their career. So, you know, let's just hit the, the boot button and get rid of that. Exactly. So with the exception of one instance where the UAP task force had determined with high confidence that there was airborne clutter. Remember how we talked about a checklist? We talked about what Chad has as a checklist of things to go through. The, uh, the Air Force and the Navy and the UAP task force have their own checklist airborne clutter, like birds or balloons. Birds aren't real, you know, they're government surveillance drones, so that could be a real... Uh, birds, balloons, recreational unmanned aerial vehicles, UAVs, or drones, airborne debris, like plastic bags, um, natural atmospheric phenomena, such as ice crystals, moisture, thermal fluctuations that can register on radar systems. There's U.S. government or industry developmental programs. Some observations could be attributable to developments in classified programs developed by the U.S. Uh, they were unable to confirm, however, that those systems accounted for any of the reports that they collected. And yeah, th possibly foreign, ad uh, foreign adversaries and then the other category. Well, that's the best thing that this report has provided is a comprehensive list of 
encounter, not encounters, a comprehensive list of sightings and observations that are essentially verified as real and verified as true. They're not explained. They're not. But I, I wouldn't. It, it, I don't. I wouldn't go that far. Uh, wait, hold on, hold on. I wouldn't go that far. I would say that they've been verified as unable to be verified. They're verified as you know. We can't explain what this is. Not that's an alien. That's a UFO. I mean, no, I guess by I, nature, no, if they I'm can't talking, verify talking, it, it is a UFO. I'm talking about the accounts themselves. Yeah. This is a this is a, a very very interesting compilation of, uh, and it's a it's a very interesting database. I mean, just for the future, we now have this starting place of of sources that we can compare other sightings to, and other encounters, and other other. That's right. Other and things we find in our investigations, we can now compare it to something that a major government has declared as you know a truthful Possible. place to start yeah right uh, and there's an inter or they're developing an interagency coordination whatever they want to call it alignment to be able to streamline the reporting in and dissemination of these types of events i would i would suspect that any interagency communication uh, was was hampered by design in the past. They, I, I really well, they said don't that think... the Navy only established a standardized process in 2019. And think about the fact that by 2019, this stuff had been going on for 70 years. Already. I think for a very long time, it was in the best interests of of the military powers that be to uh, to pretend this didn't exist, to pretend sure. this wasn't a thing. And for whatever reason, strategic or uh, or or logistic they have decided now to uh, to to put their stamp on it and say well, yeah, yeah this is I happening think, i think you can't at this point say this is all nonsense i think you have to really cop to it and say look you know if we've got sensors powerful enough that we can pick up a swarm of cicadas and it appears as rain over the united states and ice crystals and plastic bags and FLIR cameras and radar and you know everything else you know that these exist it's 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 laughable to say okay this is all fake it's you know it's weather balloons it's sensor malfunction i i think to to say that it's it's a nothing report i think undersells it uh this is this is i think a a huge step it's it is very significant in its in what it means it's not significant in what it says there you Um, go i like that i I would push back on that as well because i think this Hmm. is you know this is the the united states government saying look we don't know what this is as opposed to you know the roswell crash oh that was a weather balloon oh it was a flock of geese oh it was swamp gas saying that the u.s government doesn't know something is something that happens every day though neil well say the u.s government no but you're right that they're publicly saying it that it's a right but the u.s government even acknowledging that let's say it was a foreign adversary. Do we want to play our car or put our cards on the table and say, "Yeah, we we know what you're doing," or you know, right? Keep an eye on the well, program. but at the at the same time, the the language that they did avoid, and this is what I really did appreciate about this report: the language they avoided that kind of fear mongering. Oh, it could be China, it could be Russia, it could be a terrorist organization, it could be something. The people that were fighting, we need more money to bomb them. You know, it it, it avoided that, and. That's I really appreciated. It wasn't just a lot of hypothetical fear mongering. It was actually, even though it was kind of vague, it seemed it seemed to be truthful. Because why would why else would they say it like this? We've got 144 reports, and 143 of them can't be explained. One of them was the balloon. 
that's 144. That's the one they balloon. can explain, right? Right. And you know, 143 it, it, of these, they've got no idea, and they're going well, down the checklist of the things that we just mentioned. And even after filtering through all of that, they're like, well, you know, it could be a sensor, or it could be some weird movement, or it could be something. But it doesn't look like it. It, it looks like it looks like all the equipment. They did mention, by the way, that the equipment is uh, when the, for the signals intelligence slice that the signals that they have. Uh, it are, are specifically geared for a mission, meaning that they're not going to be able to right, detect everything. They might be detecting something that is anomalous for that sensor to pick up or the signal to send. That doesn't mean necessarily that it's a UFO. But it but, also doesn't mean that they – it also does mean that they can't really classify what it is. Yeah, because it does sure, – it 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 interesting. It's, they do mention uh, that you know, they do represent physical objects. You know, it's not artifacts. It's not ghosts in the machine, so to speak. These they say yeah, it's, it's physical it's objects. It's not radio static. Right. It's, it's physical objects, whether they're observable with the human eye or the the video camera, as opposed to the thermal imaging camera. These are physical objects that were detected either through audio or video or uh, otherwise. Uh, but they are they're not static. They can't be explained by. Anything other than being a physical item with mass until it is, you know, gone. Right. Now, to talk about the one of the other outs that they had where they said that there could be some kind of classified program that the U.S. government is developing or working on with industry, with the private sector, they don't really know about or, you know, quote, they don't really know about. There was a collection bias. They, the report did note a possible collection bias because there was a focused attention around where the reports came from around military bases and around places that were next to military bases and stuff like that. So that, that, leads, that, that can lead to an easier explanation. But that's one of the things that the UAP task force are working on. They're working on a way of mitigating that bias of having a more Gaussian, a more, um, a more, a more normalized data set. And I think that's really good. I would agree yes, that yes, absolutely. they mentioned it's you know it's limited data, inconsistent reporting. You know, there's no standard for this. They're not appearing in laboratory conditions. Right. It's not easily. But well, there, now only now is there a standard for it that was developed by the Navy in 2019. The Air Force adopted it partially in 2020. Right. And now that they want now they want to get the rest of the military, the rest of the defense sector to adopt that same quote unquote well, standard. And it, and it I think sense. that's really good. But still, this is year 80. Right. You know. Of of the of this, and they only came up with a standard in the last twelve to eighteen months. So well, it, it, that that means that they these instances have either increased, or the pressure has just been too high. I, I'm right. You know, you said yourself, this doesn't seem like a report that was written with a lot of passion in it. They didn't write it because this is their thesis and they're they're trying to get a doctorate. They wrote this report because they had to based well, on the. Writing prompt that was handed to them by their English teacher, <laughs> and I can, giving him exactly what he needed and exactly what he asked for, and nothing more. I can speak to this a little bit, actually. I mean, I've worked for an organization uh, that got some funding via the State Department, and you're one hundred percent correct that this is, um, you know, this is this is a mandatory report. It reads exactly like that. The dry bureaucratic language. Um, you know, yes, this is a report where you're you're filling in, you're checking the boxes to say. Pursuant to, you know, Senate law, blah, 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 this is the report of this committee, this is what we found, checking the boxes, bing, bing, boom, 
Right. Yeah, and, and it's a Send military intelligence report, so it's it's a need-to-know basis. That's that Well, is no, this isn't a need-to-know basis. This is unclassified, not declassified. Right, this is the report but, they put out because they were legally required to do so. Right, and it sounds like it. It doesn't sound like... Like, if you're... Like, a military report where they said, okay, give us everything that you know about the signals intelligence on on UFOs or UAPs, that alone could be 100 pages, rather than... Well, you know, we have some signals that looked anomalous, and we put them in the bucket of signals that look anonymous, and there's our detailed analysis of signals intelligence. That's not... Well, the, the, next, the next step of this would be for uh, Congress to request some more things be declassified. They should request for the, the either a select member of uh, Congress to review this information or for a board to review it, but, or somehow... Right. Get well, that's more kind of, of this information out there, uh, because this this is lacking in meat. And well, of uh, course, think, but that's people, you know the people are hungry. It's either it's either purposefully lacking in meat because there isn't any, or it's purposefully lacking in meat because they don't care enough to tell us, or there's some other thing. But um, you know that's kind of the stuff that, that Rubio was talking about. Not to uh, not to validate his opinions on anything else, but <laughs> that's you know that that's other than staying hydrated. That's the thing is that he that's all that he wanted. He wanted an interagency, wanted a whole of government approach to how we do this and 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 what it does by the way. And like I said, that was I think that's the best part of the whole report, the fact that they the 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 UAP task force said that they're working on developing on propagating the Navy's standard for reporting UAPs right. to other defense organizations that um uh, that that's that's I think the the best thing to come out of it because it could also invalidate as much as it can validate a report it can also invalidate a report once we have a proper standard in place. Now of course the standards are only existing based on our current perception of reality and so we're talking about things that shatter our perceptions of reality. So the idea of having a standardized approach to something that we don't really we can't really contain is slightly ironic. But aside from that, you know what I'm saying. You, you have to start somewhere. Uh, how right. are we going to and, deal and, with and any we of this started if we haven't... The last 80 years, we started by saying, no! Be a man! Shut up! You know, that's what we did. And now as we're far, saying, hey, we how know. about as we... As far how, as we know. Well, uh, no, that's what's happened. I mean, you have the people that come out, you've got your Bob Lazars, you know, that have come out from these defense organizations that say, guys, I've been working on an alien aircraft for 30 years, and they the government scrubbed my records of existing. And... You know, that's, that's, but, well, but think, he, think but he leaks way. out of if, there. He, wait, hold on. But he leaks out of there and he's an anomaly and he's immediately marginalized. Once you have the standard in place, you can say it didn't meet the criteria. So we're ignoring it until of course, another one of these bubbles up. And then there's enough of these oddities that don't, don't meet the criteria, but still keep kind of happening that we can't explain. You know, one of the things you, you just mentioned, Bob Lazar was able to leave his job and, speak out and and wasn't he forced was, out uh i i'm not sure his history but his case is 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 because he was working for a government agency i think nowadays if if we're going to be having anyone examine ufo technology and try to extrapolate uh new devices and and, and new products from that it's going to be private industry the government gives one of the dot-com billionaires uh, exclusive ag, especially since all of them have a space. Right, they have a space Elon company Musk anyway. With a, with a pulse drive. Yeah, or or give it to give it to Jeff Bezos, and he, he uh, 
buries it in a bunker somewhere and pays guys <laughs> I mean, a Be- lot of Bezos, money to poke at it. Bezos um, probably already has a clearance given the defense work that he's been doing with the government already. I, but this goes back to the – this is the third time that we've brought this up, though, the fact that maybe the government's doing this to, to hedge around the private enterprises that might find out the truth sooner or later, and then the government's going to be completely out of that equation. Well, yeah, the reason that you do – the reason that you farm it out to private enterprise is the same reason that we farm out prisons to private industry. Because it's cheaper? It, 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 no, it's a, it's it, it's an, That's an why extra. We prisons it's out. An, it, co- it costs so much more. It, it's not cheaper. It gives an extra layer of buffer oh, between accountability right. yeah, and the right. government. So if you have Jeff Bezos with confidentiality agreements and the legal backing to destroy anyone who le- leaks information. Uh, you have, and you also have someone that's essentially immune to a congressional subpoena uh, for documents because you have no, as a private company, they have no duty to provide. Uh, well, unless they're unless they're subpoenaed or indicted. Sure, but they, but they wouldn't be indicted. It, it, what I'm saying is, you can get a lot farther in the government if you've got a secret program. You can right. get people sniffing around that real close, and then you can get someone that wants to blow the whistle. If you're talking about a private company that has billions of dollars and well-paid scientists that want access to this kind of stuff, you could very easily have a, a weapons program. Not a, not even a we- but yeah, let's say a weapons program being co-developed with one of these giant companies. If we're talking about space weapons, uh, I mean, I'm the military sure. are definitely yeah. working on space weapons or things that sound like space weapons. They have that laser cannon. They have uh, a lot of sound weapons. They have a lot of stuff. Yeah, so I, I think it, while I really do want there to be something out there, I think it would be a, a, a turning point for humanity if we realized that we were just a part of something as opposed to everything. Well, right, um, but remember what Chad said last time, which is that there's probably some kind of intergalactic federation that we're not a part of, and there's a reason why we're not a part of it. And so, because we still have and I think I think we're so. What if, I think, like, what if that's what we found out? We found out, oh wow, aliens exist. There's a whole world. There's a whole universal galaxial government of them, and we won't. They won't let us in. That's how does that make us look? That's that's kind of bad. You don't, uh, get, you don't get invited to a party that all your friends are going to. I think it takes. Uh, I think it takes a lot more than just seeing some stuff in the sky and and thinking that uh, there might be something out there to. To be able to come up to the table of the galactic uh, Well, right, and that's why they're developing, that's why the UAP task force are developing a database, it's why they're working on interagency cooperation, and they're working on standardizing a process. So, back to the reports, there were 144 reports, 21 of them had described 18 incidents that had unusual movement patterns or flight characteristics. Some UAP appeared to remain stationary in winds aloft, moving against the winds, maneuvering abruptly, or move at considerable speed without discernible means of propulsion. A small number of those cases, military aircraft systems processed RF, radio frequency energy, associated with UAP sightings. The UAP task force holds a small amount of data that appear to show that UAP demonstrating acceleration or degree of signature management, which is a new term that I still don't know what that means. What is signature Spoo- management? Uh, it's your your uh, you're changing how your is that like when you sign your full name on a mortgage document rather than just like the scribble that you do when you swipe your credit card? That's no, signature you, management. No, your signature management would be 
uh, how you are identified by by other entities out there, by radar, by uh, uh, lidar, infrared. by any any by infrared. Yeah, your radio signal. All the signature management is basically how you are identified by our systems, and to be able mm. to change or spoof or regulate your signature so that it maybe isn't detected. So, like, how with, my email signature gets my messages sent to spam. No, I think, Not I think that. staying on topic, <laughs> okay, the, the, the more interesting thing is, is we're looking at these devices or unidentified objects that are making these erratic movements and moving at speeds that we can't fathom. Right, we're right, not right. We're not detecting any heat signature from them. We're not seeing that they're uh, propelling uh, heat or burned fuel or anything like that. We're seeing... Or a, air resistance or, or air, exactly. sonic so booms all, and stuff all of like these, that. All of these signatures that we should be able to use to help identify these objects per the criteria set up by the Navy, um, it, it fails to be identified because it's it's managing its signature in such a way that it evades our classification. Which is something that we have, I mean, like, you know, the, the what, the F-117, the stealth bomber... You know, sure, they, yeah. they have signature they, management. They disperse their exhaust. Um, you know, they cool it down before it's yeah, released. Any way to cloak yourself yeah. or to make yourself appear different than uh, you are is going to be signature management. You could have just said yeah. stealth. Stealth, yeah, that's signature management. But okay. <laughs> I get it. No, that makes, I mean, no, that but makes, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Because it, they talk about radio as well. So, like, right. you know, they're, they're I don't know, uh, scrambling their radio communicators or something like that, which... But that's what stealth aircraft do. They they prevent being seen by radar and stuff. Yeah, you can you can because of the way radio waves work. You because see how of the, you see signature how waves, management. Yeah, you see how they bounce ah, off yeah. of an object. That's right. Manage those signatures. Something I do at work. Anyway, um, I, so I mean that's honestly that's the long and short of it. You know, it was uh, it was a ten page. Ten page nine, uh, you know, you take out the cover page, you take out the appendix, you take out the executive summary. Even though the executive summary wasn't that bad, it's like maybe it's you know six seven document. pages. Yeah, it's a very At short. Fourteen document. sixteen point typeface. I mean, this is pretty. You know, they should have put ads in here to make this thing a little bigger. Jesus, <laughs> it's like then, then they could get some of the funding money. Um, so, how does this make you feel? How do you feel about now that we live in it? We live in, We now are in a world where the U.S. government, the most powerful government in the history of the universe, so we that, that we know of, uh, has said that there's a lot of stuff that they've collected and reports from a variety of people all around the world, all around the different arms of government that have the most sophisticated equipment man has ever known, humanity have ever known. We have no idea what it is. Yeah, I how do you feel about that? I, I feel awesome. I think that this is a beautiful first step in legitimizing people's claims and, and people's experiences uh, and giving them a platform to speak about what they have seen and what they think um, what they think it means. This it, it gives a lot of people uh, a sigh of relief, people that have been called crazy because they've seen something and they've been told they didn't. Well, sure. But, I you think know, it's the... going to be... I, and I think with those people now having a voice and, and having a little bit more volume behind that voice, um, and people like Jeremy Corbell, who continues to uh, share information that's been sent to him, uh, both publicly and privately, uh, I think we're going to find out more and more and who more. Who is he this again? Is just, uh, Jeremy Corbell is the, the, the journalist who did a, uh, he did a documentary on 
Bob Lazar, and he's the guy who oh, right, all yeah. these all these most recent uh, videos that we've seen the the triangular videos the 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 tic tacs in the sky. Right. Um, Jeremy Corbell had his hand in a lot of that, either releasing them um, outright or uh, really sharing, shedding the light on someone else that had released them in the past and now giving them a little bit more credibility. One of the things that we've tried to do in on on this show thematically is differentiating the line between, I don't like using the word nuts, but basically <laughs> the nuts and the people that have legitimate experiences that are grouped in with the nuts. Uh, and like there's... The people that have had legitimate experiences, like, let's say Bob Lazar again or Jeremy Corbell, like, these people with their legitimate experience, Chad, these people with their legitimate experiences have been grouped in with the people that are just making this stuff up. And now that this report has come out, they get validated, the people who have had these legitimate experiences, but the nuts also think that they're validated in their claims too. I'm sure there was a giant, I'm sure there's already been a festival in Roswell over the weekend because of this. So how do we mitigate, how do we, wait, hold on. The question is, how do we mitigate that? Now that we're starting to legitimize these claims, how do we say, okay, look, we're going to validate these claims, but we can't go off the deep end. We can't just believe everybody who says it came to them in a dream. You know what I'm saying? I think you... Or maybe we can. I, I don't maybe think I'm the skeptic there's, here. I don't know. There's nothing to mitigate. If people have claims and if they have extraordinary, extraordinary experiences, uh, you listen to them, ask them a few questions, and now that we know that we're not going to be calling everyone crazy, we can maybe be, uh, give a little... Listen to what these people are saying, see if it sounds credible, and move forward. Uh, but our notion in, in, of what sounds credible, I don't know if that's really... I guess we need that standard that the UAP task force kept talking about. We need their guidelines or their rubric of how to determine credibility from some story. Because at the end of the report, they talk about ways of 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 uh, of, of allowing their data, of democratizing their data and their data collection, kind of like SETI. You remember SETI at home, those screensavers from the '90s and early Absolutely. early uh, '90s. Sure, but- but I'm not relating. I, I'm not relying on the U.S. government to give me my information. On well, that's this. why they're I, saying I, that they don't want to rely on themselves either. They want to democratize it. But my point is, is that if they do that and they have like, let's say, a, a form online that you could fill out, that's like, I got abducted by, I saw a UFO, UAP, whatever. That's going to be. I mean, how how could you even begin to sift through that? Minus well, without, they're talking about using advanced algorithms for data collection and AI natural language processing and all that type of stuff. But like, how could you even? Uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to find the way to separate the the wheat from the chaff. As I, it were. I would uh, to further complicate that. I mean, if you're talking about checklists and that kind of thing and standardized reporting, like if you don't meet the checklist or if you, you know, your your camera uh, phone shorts out or your battery's dead, you know, do you then not have a valid report? Like, right. And that's yeah. you know that's what we that's the other thing that I, that I uh, we mentioned a little while ago was that the checklist while it like while it helps validate claims, it also is limited by the same. Uh, bias or his same the same context or the same perception or right. lack thereof that has inhibited our ability to validate the claims up until now. Well, so I think that's remember what... the th- the thing that has inhi- inhibited our ability to validate the claim the claims up until now was 
the U.S. government. So cut them out of the equation. It wasn't uh, just the government, though. You know, we're no, the big, we're the biggest censors of each other. It's the socio, it's this, it's the societal reticence to accept that. Yeah, I think and the report the, mentions sociocultural stigma. Right, which is the reason why people. I mean, that's the reason why people didn't report it. That's why Marco Rubio ha- couldn't get uh, uh, his his thing. Just got legs. Because sure, and and people will be talking about this online on radio shows on on podcasts, sure. in person at the coffee or at the coffee maker. People will be talking about this, and that is what breaks that stigma. That's what makes this a, a real topic of of curiosity, and that's that's what's going to so what do bring I tell more and more people into. Uh, it's going to make more and more people ask questions. So when people ask questions, uh, there will be more and more people organizing to scramble to answer those questions. So what do I tell my uncle who used to have, and I don't know if he still does, but I don't want to say anything. He used to have a clearance, pretty nice clearance, the best clearance. Okay. And is your uncle, what do I tell him? Is he Q? I'm sorry. Did he have the Q clearance? No, no. Mine, no, unless he watched a couple episodes of Star Trek, but that's another story. Yeah. Um, he could not get onto the bridge of the Enterprise, but he was an Air Force navigator. He was an Air Force pilot, had security clearances, does not believe in this stuff at all. And he has seen more stuff than any of us, except for possibly Chad. So what do I tell him? I could print this out and send it to him. Because if I sent him a link, he wouldn't know how to open a PDF. <laughs> anyway, no, but seriously, like I could send it to him and he would probably throw it away. What do I say to somebody that has that of depth and breadth of information, but also is very stubborn about changing their, their view about this stuff for Let valid reasons? Let me, why do you need to change his mind? Why can't he believe what he believes being the old generation of... Uh, so People is that, that what it is? It's a generational way. thing. The, the, I believe so. I think that I think that it's so easy to classify your fellow man as defective uh, in order to make you feel better. I think it's 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 was in vogue to say, yeah, this guy's crazy. He thinks he saw a UFO. Well, that's that's gone now. And I would guess too, Eric. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I would guess he's what they would call a cold warrior uh, from that era of the Cold War. Mm. And I and I think there's you know there's there's patriotism too I think that comes with that and sort of an unquestioning you know uh, uh, need to know kind of thing or like you know don't right. don't question too much you know and that's, that's the know, line that he definitely he right if, and if he was in there before Vietnam before Watergate like I'm sure there's a lot of just you know solid no, trust I, in the government no maybe not I don't know I don't know how I, old he is. I mean he's he's in his mid seventies okay so. I would say that he was probably, probably he was in the Air Force. Actually, you know what? I think he was, uh, let's say around Watergate. I, I think that's around the time when he was there. Okay. Or when he started. He, uh, he only retired a few years ago. Okay. So um, he's had a very long career in the Air Force and has, like I said, he's seen more stuff than we could even think about. And well, so but at the same question... time, he, he very much toes the line of right. need to know the government doesn't tell me there's a reason that they're not, they're not telling me, and I don't want to ask. Right. Um, and so then my question is, okay, you know, you asked, what do you tell him? I guess my question then, because you're saying he's seen all this stuff, what does he tell you? How does he explain that? What does he tell himself? Right. 
Because if I say, you know, something, something, UAPs, UFOs, he would laugh at me. But if I said the government came out with this, the Pentagon came out with this, you can't, it's a, that's kind of hard to argue against. Right, which is why this is such a monumental, groundbreaking report. And um, it said just enough. Yes. Just enough. Yes. To do that. If it said anything less, it would have not it would have not had that kind of impact. And if it said anything more, it would have actually really helped. But aside from that, it didn't. Yeah, but I mean it's it's this is this is awesome. I think this is you know, this is the first step. It's not the final step. You know, you're talking about eighty years um, you know, of, of history of this. Um there's at least another eighty years in front of us. Um Right. And this report says it analyzed stuff from two thousand four to twenty twenty. Yes. So it don't analyze sixteen years worth of reports. Right, because they were looking for like government reporting, what they called high quality reporting, military and intelligence community sources. Um, 1080p, 60 frames per second, yeah. high quality, yeah. high bit rate. Yeah, HDR. No, I'm kidding. I uh, know I, I get what you're saying though. Um, you know, we gotta have you know we gotta loosen it up a little bit. It is a show about UAPs. Um, so yeah, any uh, I mean any other. Uh, any other reactions or observations or anything? Did I miss anything in talking about this report? Did we leave anything out? No, I think it's, I think that's it. It's not, it doesn't leave a lot open for discussion unless you want to speculate and fantasize. Well, it both, I mean, it both doesn't and it does, especially with this giant heading available reporting, largely inconclusive, limited data leaves most UAP unexplained, dot, dot, dot. I would be curious. That's, as to who Sorry, wrote this. Ahead. Sorry, just because, I mean, you're, you're, the, the one thing that jumped out to me when I was reading this, I was taking notes, and I made a note. Um, it mentioned, it says, uh, USAF, U.S. Air Force data is limited historically. And that's a very interesting claim, uh, especially in light of, like, Project Blue Book and right. yeah, just the, the history. And of all the of the data collection the stuff that the right. whole government and military have been doing, especially right. since 9-11. That's, that's the thing. This wasn't a... This wasn't a unified report of everything going on everywhere in the government. This was based on essentially one or two sources within the Air Force. No, well, this is no. This talks about the Navy and the Air Force. Yeah, one or, but one or two. It, it's not talking about what the CIA has. Uh, well, their no, I mean collection that's... is. It's not talking about what other uh, areas in the Pentagon. What information they have regarding this? It's really it's it's limited in scope. So that we know that it's just scratching the surface. While allowing enough plausible deniability for them to say whatever they wanted. Absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, this is, uh, this is Arlington and not Langley, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, okay. Any, any, other, any other feelings? Any other remarks or notes or observations, claims? Well, what's the next step? What what do we do? I, I, well, here, I'll, I'll go ahead and say, I think the next step is uh, we need to uh, get out there and... Uh, well, we're already out there. That's the... Well, <laughs> we need to, we as a as the UFO community, as the UFO aficionado community... Thank you for laughing we, at that, Neil. Yeah, no, I We need to get out there and start engaging with others, uh, sharing your stories. I don't think that's 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 been going on. That hasn't stopped. No, but now, but now it's got a little bit more credibility. Now you can't write these people off as kooks. You have to give them right. You have to give them a chance, and you have to give them a voice. And I think the fact that so many people have a voice, I I think people should should go out there and start singing. 
Let the world hear what you have to say. Well, like I, like I said, I think they've been doing that. We just haven't been listening to them. So really the next steps are for us to start really listening to that. We should write Penn and Teller and tell them to take down that episode of bullshit that from 20 years ago because that's just clearly not the case anymore, I guess. Um, there's the, the next steps in terms of what the government's doing, we already kind of talked about. They're standardizing the process for reporting and analyzing UFO and UAP data. The UAP, the UAP task force are creating a database. Ooh, my sequel, create database. UAP, or maybe it's Microsoft Access because that's, you know. Um, it's, just, anyway. it's an Excel file. There you go. It's an Excel sheet. Uh, interagency cooperation to ensure that this stuff goes around the whole of government. And while most data currently comes from the Navy, the UAP task force is working on acquiring additional reporting from, like we said, the Air Force and the FAA. And they said that the FAA yes. has been... Uh, detailing this for a while. They just haven't integrated it into their reports. It'll be very interesting once they are able to consolidate this. But talking about all these disparate government agencies that kind of aren't connected right now that are going to be creating a centralized database, that I, I want that to happen for UFOs, but I don't, really, I don't really want that to happen for the, everything else. You know, I kind of like the fact that these governments can't, the agencies can't really talk to each other and there's a a lot of wiggle room in between. Once everything the government knows about you is in one database that's centralized, the game is over. It's well, already in Google's database. Right, exactly. They that's, don't what, care that's what Kyle enough, was talking about. Like, unless you want to be a content creator, which, <laughs> you know, know, we are. It's the, not the, government the government has sunshine laws where you know, they're, they're, they're required to release reports like this. Google, Amazon, all them, they don't have to do that. So they've already got all my data. Um, but, yeah. But if the government a, needs... That they can talk to one of these billionaires uh, and and get access to whatever they want, whenever they want it, and uh, they don't have to disclose that to us. And Google doesn't have to disclose that to us, or Facebook, or any of these other companies that we willingly give all of our information to, yet we're worried about what the government's going to do. They're, they're so far behind, they're finally acknowledging that things are happening that we can't explain. Well, if they're why finally trying we... to catch up, maybe they can audit the Pentagon. Ah, oh, that's another episode. But why why would we continue to expect to to hear the truth from them? We need to start listening to each other's voices. Well, I I mean that's true, but then you could have used the same argument for the last 80 years. Why should have we ever trusted the government when they said that these people were crazy? Why shouldn't have we been trusting these people the entire time? I mean, yeah, and I say I, I don't I don't mean us personally. No, I mean the royal us. That's the that's the true that's the question. You know why why haven't more people done that? Nobody wants the not nobody wants to risk being flamed by the true believers or ostracized by their peers. Says Professor Chris Impey, is an astronomy professor in the University of Arizona. If the Pentagon or the government asks for scientific input or gives them and gives them some data and a little resources, people would participate. So maybe, I mean, what happened to SETI? Maybe we could get some new screensavers or something like that. Maybe they should pair it. Maybe they should pair it with the cryptocurrency, you know, and have people mine cryptocurrencies that then that use some of that power to search for extraterrestrial life, just like what the SETI at home screensavers used to do twenty years ago. Right, that'd be great. That's let's, let's, let's do set it. Set it up. Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, I think What's Kyle, a cryptocurrency again? That's another episode, Kyle. I think you've you've hit on it though, you know, and and we're we're, we're dancing around it. I think that. You know, you said that these private companies now have more power than governments. You know, uh, Facebook can do a lot more on the global scale than, you know, one individual country could do in certain cases, in certain ways of looking at it. Um, sure. I think, you know, in the past 80 years before this, it was 
you know, there's the hegemony of the government to, you know, enforce this rigid, you know, you're crazy if you step out of line, you are unpatriotic if you step out of line, if you question things, if you continue to talk about UFOs or Roswell, Little Green Men, that kind of thing, you know, that hegemonic and maybe domination. just our, maybe it's because our trust has hit a rock bottom and our disdain yeah. from the government has hit a nice top, no pun intended, that they're coming out and saying, okay, here's, here's what we got. And I well, mean, it it's not be... really what they have. It's what they're comfortable telling us what they have. Like sure. you said, Kyle, you know, this is, it's Arlington, not Langley. It would be ridiculous to try to continue to deny this when you have so many, I mean, like you said, Eric, I mean, it's, you know, HD 1080p, like, you know, it's, it's there, it's video files. And Kyle, you mentioned, it's just so easy to pop a, a thumb drive into a USB slot, copy the file, right. share it widely, um, and to bring it back to the beginning of, of the episode, that's why I don't think there's anything to worry about necessarily with China or Russia, uh, because, you know, we're a very connected society. Uh, even with all the restrictions that those societies, those those governments put on their people, you know, if there were goofy UFO stuff uh, 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 going on in China... People would be recording that. I mean, that's... What... And then there would also be a, a fake program to disseminate fake recordings right. to, 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 over, to wash out the be, real recordings. Or there would be fake reports that their jet engine programs are underfunded so that we would stop giving that's them the... That's not why their jet what? engines aren't working, Kyle. <laughs> they're not no. looking at the balance sheet and say, they you know, they don't did, have did, enough money to do this properly. It, it's not the what they're saying. Every government's job is to give dis- disinformation to the rest of the world so that we either overestimate the, or underestimate their the, capabilities. We're not listening to the government. We're not buying what the Chinese government is saying. We're observing what they can do and when they try to do something and they fail. Just like when we try to do something and we fail, we try to cover it up. When they try to do something and fail, they try to cover it up. But if we see that happen and we see, wow, these guys can't keep a plan in the air, let's not talk about passenger aircraft since a lot of those are coming from China. But anyway, you know. Uh, We we see that our intelligence picks that up. That's where that sentiment's coming from. And we and there's people on the ground, too. I mean, you know, prior to the revelation of the F-117 and the B-2 stealth aircraft, people in Nevada were around Groom Lake saying, hey, there's weird lights in the sky that are doing things. And, you know, we can't pick them up. They're using uh, uh, what was the term? Signal signature management, signature management. Yes. You know, so. Just average Joes on the street were able to pick these up and say something is going on, and then shortly thereafter, uh, the government said, oh, yeah, we've been working on these aircraft, check it out, and we kind of put two and two together and said, oh, okay, I guess that's what those lights were. Yeah, but that also goes back to the data collection bias, where they said that most of the data that was collection is bi- or collected is biased towards areas that have massive military or air force installations. So, well, I think it's, I think it's, it's in areas that don't have a lot of light pollution. I think you're seeing, you're seeing a lot of these things uh, in areas that are over the ocean or maybe over the desert. Um, Rarely are we seeing these from cities. Well, we did see that thing in Williamsburg a couple of weeks ago. But that wasn't one of these, that, that wasn't one of these, Right, uh, things that have been that that would have been looked at or referenced in this report. Uh, the things that we see are the things that we're able to see because of uh, atmosphere, light pollution, and also perhaps a calculated uh, a calculated decision to test or fly these vehicles 
over unpopulated areas. Well, certainly, okay. yeah, you're not going to have your proving grounds over Queens. Sure, sure. Well, you don't know that. I guess uh, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> And this, and uh, apparently, I saw, I saw Men in Black. I I know I know how they roll. Exactly. Look at the battery tunnel. Um, the what is it? Uh, this just in: bloggers or some bloggers like it. This guy Mick West, who's a UFO blogger, who I don't know how he got covered in an article by The Verge, but I'm pleasantly surprised with the report. It seems like a generally accurate assessment. I'm doing a very dry read. Uh, a generally accurate assessment of the situation. Sad that they did not say which case was the balloon. Remember, the balloon was the one case that they understand right. or that they were able to actually say, okay, of the 144. So. Sure. All right. Uh, well, I think, uh, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I, sounds good to me. I think it's a. I really hope they come out with one of these reports next week, so we could have even more to talk about. But I won't get. I won't I, hold well, my I, breath. I think it's a great start, and I think we will. Uh, we will have a lot more to talk about as more and more information comes out, and as more and more people are listened to. Everybody, send a self-addressed stamped envelope to the Pentagon. That's one two three Pentagon Drive, Arlington, Virginia, two seven. Uh, telling them how much you know you you appreciate their report and how you want them to do another one, but. Um, you you could just send it to the pe- Pentagon Patreon page. You or, can actually I just write if, yeah. it on a piece of paper and hold it in front of your webcam, and they'll still get it. <laughs> right, exactly. Anyway. If you just think about it, take the yeah. Anyway, say it um, into your phone. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, since I live in the 21st century, I'm gonna just, just tweet at Pentagon uh, and let oh. them know I appreciate it. <laughs> no, that's going to their social media intern though. That's not that's not gonna go anywhere. Uh, but anyway, Neil. Yes, it's been a pleasure having you. Thank, Thank you, so you for much. being it's on been the an show. Absolute blast being here. I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Fantastic. Well, like I said, thank you again for being here. We'd love to have you back. Anytime. And Kyle, as always, it's nice chatting with you. And hopefully all of you will have fun, will have had fun chatting with us over here. Oh, I messed it up. I was supposed to say all of you out there are having uh, fun chat- chatting with us over here for the next time that we're out there. It's signature management. Signature management. Signature Good night, everybody. Good night. This has been a Pneumonium production. The views and opinions expressed on We're Out There do not necessarily reflect those of Pneumonium LLC or its subsidiaries. Theme music by Matt Baltrucky.